0: Welcome to something positive for positive people. I'm Courtney Brain. I didn't even ask you if you had any questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
1: mean, I I got plenty, but right now I'm drawing a blank. I mean, um, I think I might have asked what type of you know what type of topics we'll
0: be talking about. But, uh, uh, we'll just open up with your experience. I mean, honestly, you could just jump right into it. I don't even know why I even do these intros anymore. By now, people listen. If they listen, they listen. They know what this is about. So, Chris we'll just start with uh, your diagnosis really i mean first off i'm happy to have you um it's very challenging to find black men who are open to speaking about this topic with me a lot of the guests on here are in fact anonymous or have some sort of an alias as well so just even being willing to jump into this space man i really
1: appreciate it i appreciate being on i'm humbled and honored to be on um, like i said i've been following your podcast and your page and uh to answer your question uh, my diagnosis is uh herpes type 2 when i was first diagnosed i mean i was so distraught i didn't even hear what the diagnosis was, I actually had to go back and get tested again, for it to finally tell me what it
0: was. It was a different facility at that point. But um, that's my diagnosis. Um, how long ago was it? I want to say 2014, October 25th. Ain't 25th. that crazy how like we remember that? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like a birthday yeah. or an anniversary.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's
0: wild. So, uh, what was going on with you around that time? Were you in a relationship? Were you single? Uh, At what point in your life was that?
1: I was actually married, but separated. The wife and I were in a limbo. You know, we were seeing other people at that time. And so, the person that I was seeing, they were honest with me about their status. As a matter of fact, I mean, uh, it almost seems like a damn soap opera. There were different circles that we ran in. Uh, We were swingers, and we attended a party, and um, there were rumors that somebody came to the party that had an outbreak. So I told the individual, you know, like, hey, you know, we should pause for a minute. Let me figure out what's going on. Because I had an encounter with that person at night. So I was like, okay, we should pause, and I should go get tested and figure out what's going on. This person insisted that we kept sleeping together. So I went to go get tested. The person didn't. I told them that, you know, I tested positive for this, and um, she was like, well, if you have it, I must... I must have it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm making
0: this face because that's what happened to me. The first person I told her, she's like, well, shit, if you got it, we got it.
1: Right, okay. But you you would think that was kind of like an okay thing, a a, a relieving thing, right? Well, no, that wasn't the case. Every chance she got, she put me through some type of guilt trip. Any chance she got, I was depressed. I even contemplated suicide because at a certain point, you know, she did have an outbreak for herself, at least me knowing that she had an outbreak. And one day I was just on Tumblr, and I came across a page called Herbies and Happy, and they were talking about support groups and things like that. And I managed to get into support groups, and I found out that she was in there at the very least a year before I got diagnosed. So that's how I found out.
0: Yeah, this is a soap opera. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a soap opera, right? Yeah.
0: I got a lot of little questions, man. And uh, this one may be a little bit all over the place. But going back to what you said about her being like, well, if you got it, I got it. There's two ways that you can take that. One way is, oh, cool. You know, you love me so much. Like, this isn't a big deal to you. And then in hindsight, way later, you could look back and be like, wait a minute. Is this because you had it? And this was just like your way of accepting it because you don't had it already. So you're like, oh, okay, well, if you got it, I got it. So it kind of makes you raise an eyebrow about this situation, man. And that is just crazy to hear that our experiences are so parallel from that standpoint. And then she hung it over your head, right? Yeah. So for people using this as like a manipulation tool, like what did that look like to you? What were some examples of how she would hang it over your head? One example. Even with the diagnosis, at one
1: point, I did separate myself from the swinger lifestyle. I was already polyamorous at the time. Maybe a year later, we decided to try to see other people or see people while still being together. I be so I found someone who also has a similar diagnosis. Um, I think it went on a couple of days. And at a certain point, even though my partner and I, my primary partner, had the conversation of, we understand that sex happens if we hit it off sex is bound to happen. So we already had this deep conversation. While I'm out on the second date with the individual, she's messaging me like all this just horrible stuff. Like this is why I'm in this boat with you because you're out seeing people that have STIs and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. We would have arguments, for instance. Like at a certain point, she even outed me to my mother. As far as having the STI, she called herself trying to out me to other people in the community. Like she wanted to make sure I never tried to go back to the swinger community wow. or yeah, or try to do anything. I found out that she would try to message people, let them know. Now, I can't confirm it was her or not. But, you know, at a certain point where we did break up, there were trolls on my Facebook page that would post pictures of me or me and her. So maybe it wasn't her. I don't know. But um, they would post memes where they say, yeah, they both got herpes
0: and things like that that's one thing that a lot of people are afraid of is receiving that kind of trolling that you just highlighted for us i don't know that there's anything that you could have done different man it it sounds like you did everything responsibly you made all the right choices you were honest communicative and this just happened to be a bad person. I hate to say bad person. Wait, are y'all still married at all or
1: anything? No, no. Oh, okay. Let me, let me, correct, you. Let me correct you there. The person that I'm talking about is not the ex-wife. Now, I will say, she was understanding. It took her a minute. She was hurt and all this other stuff, and she might have told her. But she dealt with it how I was dealing with it. I mean, we, we talked, we cried, and all this other stuff. That's what the ex-wife and I did. And as far as I know, she has no hatred towards me about that. But the other partner, the one I was trying to see there as well, like, that's the one that kept... That status, of got it. Status of and made it seem like there was a term I used when I first found out, and I would just say it, that I was patient zero. <laughs> and I, I know that's problematic as far as now looking back in hindsight, with it, all that I've learned as far as stigma and things like that. But you know, I, I was ignorant. I was, you yeah,
0: I was definitely ignorant. And it's crazy um, how you don't you don't know what you don't know until you start learning. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about herpes outside of bumps on your genitals until after I got herpes and it was like wait a minute this isn't always gonna look like this wait a minute what else like I can have this one outbreak and then no more outbreaks like it's insane how much misinformation is out there and how we're bombarded with so much stigmatizing information to where when we're finally exposed to it or we have an interaction with someone who has it our response to it once they begin to share with us or when we learn what the truth is about it it just completely shatters all those beliefs about the stigma
1: what i found myself doing in that particular instance like to take control of my narrative i decided to talk about the fact of you know yes i have it I found ways to protect myself as well as my partners, and I just explained that briefly you know somebody wasn't honest with me that's how I got it. I actually put that on facebook I did put it on Facebook at a certain point. I let people see it. That's where the actual trolling started at that point. I pretty much did a public disclosure on Facebook I did it on my page, and I did it in some of the the groups that I were in that I was in so Next thing I know, maybe a month or so later, that's when the trolling started. But even with the trolling that was going on, it didn't matter because I still had a lot of support from people, unexpected people. Um, Even with me being honest with my mom, I found something that we were parallel going through at a certain point in life, and it kind of brought us closer. I mean, we already had a close relationship anyway, but that just sealed it. I mean, you can only do what you can. You know, when it comes to things like that, the trolling... Any guilt trips that you might go through with partners, because that's even happened since then. If you date someone that doesn't have it, they appear to be understanding. Things end, people get upset, and they say stuff that's really hurtful. And that's even happened before as far as dating what they call a
0: muggle. (laughs) Ain't the language crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Harry Potter fans don't like that shit. Going back to what you said about after your diagnosis at one point being suicidal, what brought about the suicide ideation? Was it the attempts at exile from your communities for your lifestyle? Was it just the criticism? Was it the diagnosis itself? Or was it like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to have sex again? Or was it something else? It's really all of that. What I mean by that is, I mean, all of that went through my mind. I wouldn't be able to participate in the swing lifestyle anymore. People were shutting me for it. Even people that I'm not necessarily intimate with or sexual with probably would look at me like I'm some type of
1: leper. The guilt of transmitting it to someone else at this point what I'm believing that I transmitted it to this particular person. That was guilt. on oh, type of guilt? Yeah, all those things. Being exiled, treated like a leper, even from friends. And then not knowing exactly how this would affect me in the long run if I ever try to pursue any other relationships.
0: So, yeah. We didn't get to talk much before, but I always say, like, on the surface, something positive for positive people is a herpes resource, but... It's a suicide prevention resource. Anyone who's been diagnosed and had to deal with any sort of depression or suicide ideation, self-harm tendencies, they know that this support, this community, this empowerment, people's stories, like you coming on here and sharing your story right now, this is suicide prevention. This is a little bit deeper than herpes support goes. So uh, again, man, I appreciate you just being here. So we ain't done at all. (laughs) Like I need to know about... First off, the being polyamorous, being in a swinger lifestyle. So, how did that change for you prior to your diagnosis, and then at the point of your diagnosis, how did it look differently?
1: Prior to my diagnosis, I've always been a very sex positive person. There's not a lot of people in my neck of the woods that would understand that type of thing. I mean, living, I was, I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. Oh shit. <laughs> So I I live in the South. That's, of course, the Bible Belt. And it's Alabama. (laughs) So a lot of people are closed minded to things that are different from what they're used to. Prior to that, you don't put much weight into your connections with people, whether it's sexual or platonic. You know, and I was just that person. I didn't put much weight into it. Yes, I valued the people that I had connections with, but it was more so like what happens, happens. I did what I could at that particular point to protect myself as far as getting tested. So I knew my status. But here's what I didn't know. Of course, at that time, you ask for a full panel for testing. They don't necessarily include herpes. And that was the case then. But even still, I do recall getting tested at that time where I did specify herpes. And I think because somebody brought it up before the conversation. And I was negative at that time. But even still, as far as my behavior goes, it wasn't always consider it as far as any type of results afterwards. Afterwards, when it came to my diagnosis, I put more value and weight into my connections. And what I mean by that is as far as the deeper conversation that needs to be had before you get to that point, disclosing does your safer sex practices look like? What are safer sex, uh, safer sex practices we can work on? Also, what are the things that we expect to happen after this? Are we going to possibly move Board together in some type of relationship
0: so these sound to me like negotiations
1: that's the bdsm side of me as far as how i approach things when it comes to
0: oh um, uh, so you're talking to a very like sex positive bdsm savvy group of people if there's anything i don't know right. like i ask so and you could there's you even know.
1: things i forget to cover or you know don't <laughs> know to cover but i i try to cover my bases as best i can that's all we can do but, but see here's the thing People look at it like a negotiation, but I, I try to approach it as a conversation. As the course of relationship goes or connection goes, you have those different conversations. Sometimes I may want to get them out of the way right up front, depending on what it is that we're planning to do in the first place. Otherwise, I, like I said, I just approach it in a series of conversations. But I will say this. My personal comfort zone requires me to disclose within the first three conversations, whether we're chatting on a video chat, texting or on the phone. And the reason why I do that, because I've noticed that when I was first trying to disclose to people, I noticed that some actually felt resentment because they felt like I let it go on so long that they developed a little bit of feelings for me. And so they kind of felt like I was being dishonest in some way, being persuasive, you know. Manipulative. And I'm, yeah, so I just get it out the way. <laughs> first two or three conversations, I just get it out the way. Because nine times of ten, there's not that much energy that's been put in, not that much time. mm -hmm. And so you can't really say, like, I'm trying
0: to mislead you. And then when you're meeting people, how are you meeting them? Are you meeting them on apps, online? Because you mentioned, well, you grew up in Alabama. I don't know if you're still in Alabama.
1: Well, I am in Alabama, but I'm right at the state line. I live in uh, Phoenix City.
0: Okay. So So as far as how you meet people, like, how do you go about that? Is it more online stuff?
1: It has been. I've noticed that over the years. It's really rare that I just run into somebody locally in Alabama that has a similar mindset as far as or running a similar um, community. So it's been mostly online, Fet life as far as BDSM or other things. Even Facebook has a dating app. And, you know, you might come across somebody that actually says they're polyamorous, you know,
0: <laughs> every now and
1: so, then, yeah, you know, different apps, yeah.
0: Okay. In those discussions, so you mentioned the first few conversations you disclosed, what does that look like for you? Is it just, hey, I got herpes? Is it Hey, when's the last time you were tested? How do we navigate this conversation? Because it's rare that I have men on here, first off. So I want to get as much as we can <laughs> out of here to be able to apply, for us to be able to apply You know, the male perspective. And then also want to be able to give people like the tools to just kind of see what our perspective is in the event that people are using this as a resource to disclose to someone. The
1: spiel is kind of different, like I said, depending on what it is that we're planning to do or at least how I see the conversation is going. But typically, I just say, you know, I let them know, hey, there's something important I need to tell you because I try to be as honest as possible, but I like to get things out of the way as quickly as possible. So that way, if your feelings change or if your intentions change, that's okay. I understand whatever the case may be, but I just go ahead and tell them like, hey, I have
0: herpes type 2. In case you didn't know, that's typically genital. I describe always briefly how I was diagnosed. I let them know the person that I was with wasn't honest with me. And so since then, I've always tried to be upfront and honest with other people. You know, I let them know if their feelings change or desires change towards me. That's totally fine. No hard feelings, but I just want to be honest about it. I mentioned that at some point I wanted to help people who were struggling with SCI stigma, their diagnosis, to... I wanted to connect them with a therapist or some sort of counseling. Um, I think I spoke that about two years ago when it made sense to do so. And here we are now in 2020 and we have a sponsor, BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp. Like, to get assistance. So it's B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash S P F P P. Using that code at the end is gonna get you ten percent off of your first month of services with better help. Now I have been a BetterHelp user for, this is probably my sixth or seventh session, and um, the last session I had was yesterday, my therapist told me, he was like, you know, who I'm talking to now compared to the Courtney that I was talking to on day one, these are two different people, and um, I didn't realize that there were a lot of things Mm -hmm. that Uh, for me in my healing process, especially with my herpes diagnosis, like I didn't know that there were things there. I believe that I kind of shortcut straight to the core by looking at, okay, well, here's the first time I experienced this. So that's my trauma. Here's my dad issue, mom issue. And here's how I'm seeing it play out now. No, there's an entire range of events that have occurred compounding this trauma or, uh, that have, packed on to the triggers that have happened between the first occurrence and my awareness of the first occurrence that there are valuable lessons in. And one of which that we talk about is uh, how I process and deal with rejection, uh, self-sabotage. And um, originally I when I reached out and said what I wanted to work on, it was just working through Uh, compassion fatigue and any burnout like right now I I, I constantly say I have this seemingly infinite capacity to take on the emotions of so many people that I somehow interact with, uh, whether it be a direct message or someone emails me or if I meet someone. However, it is like I just I, that's how I feel, but I don't want to look up and be surprised one day when that feeling is just gone. So um, my therapist, while we started there, like now where we're at is uh, working around some insecurities and in helping me to not only be able to be a better podcaster, but to overall be a better person um, and show up the way that I um, should be showing up. And we're, in my opinion, on a path to wholeness more than anything because there are aspects of myself that I repress and I need to focus on integrating in order to become a whole human being. So that's what my therapist has been helping me with. And I hope that you all are willing to check out Better Help for Yourself by using the URL www. BetterHelp.com slash SPFPP and that's www.betterhelp.com slash SPFPP and you're going to save 10% off of your first month of counseling or therapy. And um, yeah, so I've been able to text and send voice messages to my counselor and he checks them whenever he gets a chance to. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really great to be able to have this tool for communication, especially if you have some thoughts that come up or if you had homework that you somehow just were able to process, meditate on. Like I woke up this morning with the answer to my homework from yesterday from them and I was able to put the answer in there so that when we have our next live session, we'll be able to speak through that. I really recommend that you at least check it out um, for the discount code again whenever you guys use these services whenever you all use these services it helps support something positive for positive people and that is the best way to go about supporting us um we get people's donations we get people who um want to pay for um different people's therapy sessions and um yeah if you're someone who can afford it please consider using our sponsor better help www.betterhelp.com slash spfpp Yeah, that's a really good way of going about it. I've done it that way too. My typical go-to is, well, now I can tell people that I'm doing the podcast and go into it from there. But prior to this, it would just be something along the lines of, hey, before you fall head over heels for me, (laughs) ha ha ha, like real playfully, I want to give you a choice that wasn't given to me. I was diagnosed with herpes. I don't know where I got it from. They didn't tell me, but I learned this is something that condoms don't protect you all the way from um, and you know the choice wasn't given to me so I want to give you that choice and if you know anything changes then I respect it I understand but if you got questions let me know and then maybe point them to a resource or two so uh, yeah it's, it's real cool to see it like this it's very similar in our experiences as far as disclosing goes now um, do your partners that you have do they disclose your status to their partners
1: Since my diagnosis, I've only been with maybe three people that didn't also have it. The first two people, they were monogamous, which was kind of different for me anyway. The last person, she was also polyamorous, and we discussed it. I told her that I didn't have an issue with it because I'm fairly open about it. I realized at that point, though, a question popped up in my head based on the discussions that I had in some of these polyamorous groups. I recall there was a post made about an individual, she was dealing with a friend, is seeming to sleep with men that she's interested in. But the thing is, that friend has herpes. And I noticed as I'm reading the post that she practically blacklists the guys that she was once interested in if they had sex with this person because, of course, she doesn't want to put herself at risk. You you want to respect it on one side of it because yeah, it's your decision, of course, that's your right. But to typically blacklist someone who possibly didn't contract it I don't know. I just kind of seem like that's that's pretty messed up. Yeah. So I would think about that often about the partner that I didn't have who doesn't have this diagnosis. It is common knowledge that, hey, Prince has herpes. You know, she's dating him. I probably don't want to do anything with that.
0: Right. I get that. uh, You know, nobody wants herpes. Like, (laughs) at the end of the day, nobody wants it. So I respect that they don't want herpes. But after learning and understanding what I know about it, it almost seems unavoidable because we're not tested for it when we think we're being tested for all STDs, we can't get tested for it a lot of times when we ask if we're not showing any symptoms or if the doctor just goes oh no, that's alright, you just use condoms you'll be fine. Because there's so much of that that goes on that a lot of people don't even know what their status is, right? And then specifically when we talk about like the swinging community, I recently had the hosts of the Just Keep Swinging podcast on here and they talked about contracting an STI and how the swinger community responded to that and so to operate with an assumption of we're avoiding all STIs I don't know that that's realistic people I've spoken to privately have said you go into every interaction with the assumption that you will get an STI or that you could get an STI and you do all of the things necessary in order to prevent that and every like layer that you take away that's how much more accepting of the risk you are so if you're swinging and you no, all right, I'm going to use dental dams. I'm going to use condoms. And then you decide, okay, maybe I don't want to use a dental dam. And then you get in the moment and then you're like, maybe I don't want to use a condom. It should be expected that there's a possibility of exposure. And even if you take all of the precautions, you're still going into it with the understanding of there being a possibility of contracting an
1: STI. Yeah, that's true. Because here's the thing. That's why a lot of people and myself say safer sex practices, because to say safe sex practices... It's kind of misleading because there's always unfortunately that risk even if you're being safe there's still that risk so we try to say safer sex because okay you're being a little bit safer if you use a cop you're being a bit safer if you use internet you know of course you're being a bit safer if you definitely know your status but you are essentially exposing yourself to someone new. hopefully you know you have a bit of a rapport with the person or some trust with the person but you're still essentially putting yourself in someone Mm-hmm. You know, life has risks. We all know that. And when it comes to sex, as enjoyable as it is, you know, it's still something that is a bit of a risk. And you choose to take that risk when you sleep with someone. But if you're the type of person that has that thing in mind, if you're a realist, it sh- it should be fairly simple. Like you said, you should have that understanding that hey, it's always a possibility. Because hey, between somebody getting tested, they might sleep with someone, um, they may be still in the incubation period. You never know. So.
0: I saw a graphic. I went to a sex education seminar and they were like safe sex. And then they showed like people having sex over a balcony and they had like uh, bungee cords or uh, like cables hooked up in case they fall a hard hat or a helmet on just in case they were to hurt themselves. And they're like, this is what safe sex looks like when we talk about sex being safe are you having sex in a way that you're gonna injure yourself? That's how they positioned it at the time. So I do like the phrase safer sex because we're not talking about an injury. We're talking about safety in terms of minimizing the risks of contracting an STI. So yeah, I like like what you said there and I appreciate that. How has your experience been in terms of acceptance, I guess, in the polyamorous community, especially being a black man, I've heard stories about the swinging community sort of being uh, elitist, I guess, maybe? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the word. I don't know if that's the word, but Mm -hmm. very exclusive and, like, closed circle, so to speak. I've heard these things and never really gotten into what that looks like, because I don't know anyone who goes into the communities that doesn't look like the people who are running the party, so to speak.
1: From what I've noticed, well, the circles that I was previously in are seeming to become exclusive. And what I mean by that? They may try to exclude single men. They may try to just keep it as couples, married couples or verified couples. They may try to uh, have people get tested before any type of event and usually display those, that information to the host of the event. I have noticed online you'll see some requirements and specifications that are more strict with some swinger groups. But as far as polyamory goes, every now and then, you have that one person, like I mentioned before, that may blacklist someone that they dated someone who known they had herpes. But for the most part, they've been pretty accepted. I oftentimes see posts about dating someone with an incurable STI. I see posts where people have openly said that they have herpes directly. And um, I would always see just a huge amount of people just come onto the post like, hey, me too, and you know, all this other stuff. But it's not as bad as a stigma tries to make it seem. You know, even people that don't have it, just like, hey, I love you for and I respect you for saying this out loud and, and still being prideful about it or whatever, as far as your life and your relationships go. And I've had those occasions where I've disclosed to someone and it didn't matter to them. It didn't faze them. They seemed pretty knowledgeable. I was surprised. You know, they would ask me, how often do you have outbreaks? Uh, what do you do to try to heal it up as best you can, quickly as possible, stuff like that? And I, I've come across those who have no, no idea about herpes or how how common it is so yeah you know they'll ask me for about two or three days some questions um and we're usually able
0: to move past i'm interrupting you listening to my voice to interrupt you with my voice yeah that makes sense Thank you to everybody who's been supporting our podcast sponsors, Let's Get Checked. They are a sponsor of Something Positive for Positive People. So what this is, is uh, they have various tests you can get online, and I think they recently just uh, allowed for people to be able to buy COVID tests. I know initially when they Became a sponsor. All of the tests were going to medical facilities, but uh, now I believe they are in fact available. But um, I got the STI testing kit done. Um, I purchased it online, and you can too when you visit www.trylgc.com/spfpp, and you can see the different range of STI tests that are available. So um, you can get the uh, I forget the name of the one that I got, but the, the most expensive one that also includes herpes type 1 and type 2 testing. Um, I got the box and it's very easy, it's convenient to do. You just need to prick your finger uh, for a little bit of blood, put it in the containers and then you'll send it back. They send you everything that you need and once you uh, get your test activated you'll just need to create an account log in, your results will um, be delivered to you within 5 business days um, you want to do the test in the morning so that immediately after you're able to send it off with the packaging that they provide for you so um, the like I said the process is easy you just kind of prick your finger with these little white and blue things and get the blood and again it's www.trylgc.com slash SPFPP and you will save 30% off of your test kit and also it's not exclusive to uh, STI testing kits there's also different hormone tests um, for people who may want to check what their testosterone levels are Um, you can do those tests as well but obviously we talk about STI sexual health here so it makes the most sense so uh, some people have bought it And we've been making money Woo, woo. <laughs> So uh, please continue to, t- to support our sponsors I'm hoping that moving forward We'll be able to have more um, But this is a great way to support Something positive for positive people And our efforts to um, continue to provide All these support resources For people who are navigating A positive STI status So again you can save 30% Off of your STI test kit Which can include HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea a trick, syphilis, Gardnerella, and the one that I keep not being able to pronounce Um, but yeah you can also get the HSV testing type 1 and type 2 um, as well and you can get 30% off again when you go to try logic without the vowels so that's www.trylgc.com slash spfpp and when you go to check out type in the code spfpp in order to save 30% and give us credit for that purchase you can also check the show notes link if you are listening On a podcast player, and you are uh, unable to um, download or purchase right now, you'll be able to just pull that up later. So, I don't want you to stop what you're doing driving, running on the treadmill, walking, jogging, or if you're just sitting on your couch, like you don't have to get up and go to the phone or stop. Uh, and pull out of whatever app you're on in order to do this. So, again, last time, I promise. It is try logic without the vowel, C R Y L G C dot com slash SPFPP. And once you get everything added in your cart and you go to checkout, enter that code SPFPP to save thirty percent. The sex positive community does more so embrace, accept, understand encourage, empower, all of these words come to mind immediately as I try to sort through the sentence, but they're definitely more open to people with STIs or people who are living with herpes. Let me say that. And I don't know if it's just because of the understanding, if it's because of experiences or like nobody's immune to ignorance and not knowing things. So it sort of breaks my heart for the people who don't have an opportunity or don't have the, um, open-mindedness to step into sex-positive spaces such as potentially kink or bdsm or different lifestyles i'll use myself here as an example going into dating after my herpes diagnosis, I tried to just continue dating as I had been. The only difference now is that I have to have this conversation, right? As I got more experience in dating, I began to diversify what I was looking for. Like you said earlier, having more conversations, the connection became more important than the physical attraction. So yeah, you know, you lock eyes with someone across a room, bar, whatever. And it's like, damn, let's have sex, you know, that could be there. But now we have to discover other ways to be with one Another So maybe you're not okay with full-blown penetration or whatever sex looks like in either person's mind, but maybe there are other things that can be done. And so stepping into these spaces and diversifying my dating pool a little bit, I've discovered different ways of being with people romantically, intimately, that I would have just been closed-minded to completely prior to my diagnosis. And so for anyone who's newly diagnosed or who's been struggling with dating because you are so hell-bent on your relationship and dating style looking one way, I strongly encourage you to just put your feet in the water and see what else could be out there. I see far too often people say that they were rejected for their diagnosis. I have very mixed feelings about that because it could be true. It could not be true because there can just be an incompatibility there maybe y'all are misaligned on what y'all intentions are what y'all want but yeah i I, i'm talking too much here like you got anything you want to add to that
1: you know about the rejection thing it's it's funny because i recall disclosing to someone and instead of rejecting me they thought i was rejecting them they thought i just made this up (laughs) just to ghost either for them to ghost me or just for them to turn them off and just think like okay i can't mess with him because he has this but, yeah, she really thought I just made this up to, you know, to end the conversation. Like, no, I know I wouldn't make this up. Why, why would anybody make this up? Yeah. You know, So I mean, you, you have different perspectives on rejection, I guess, when it comes to that, you know, as far as actually disclosing. Um, and like you said, you know, I, I, I'm starting to feel like it's not as much rejection as we think it is, or at least, you know, that some people mention. Because I'm not the best looking person, and I'm not really the most interesting person. But I'm just you know, somehow, some way, I still get approached, even with, if they already know I didn't even have to say anything, they might have saw my post, they might have saw something on like because I have it on my profile page on Fetlight, and you know, hey, I know you have it, I'm still interested, I, you know, I'm attracted to you, whatever, let's go out on a date, like, okay, cool. And so you have all those times, so I, I agree with you, I think sometimes it may be something that, where their interests are not aligned, uh, you know, their goals are not aligned, and so I think it is pretty messed up, maybe they did just decide to use that to say, hey, I'm not interested i know you were being honest with me so but you know in actuality you're not interested enough you're not funny you don't make me laugh or something you know something
0: like that but instead they just go with you. Mm-hmm. you know people use this too as a way of like getting people to leave them alone uh mm-hmm. we talk a little bit about that in the past episode that i did with someone where we talked about this like people you know, like go away i got herpes not they don't say go away i have herpes but that's that's how they're using this as a tool to get people away from them and that sucks because it just fuels the stigma it's just feeding into that you said something that i wanted to add on to about being honest with yourself when you're able to be honest with yourself i feel like you yourself in this sort of alignment to where there's a constant flow and i don't know how like cosmo universal or spiritual at all you know you may be but to me what i envision is just like a connection between the earth and the cosmos and like we're constantly aligning ourselves to receive what is for us from the universe right and when you are able to be honest with yourself, be honest with the world, you're aligned and you're closing that circuit of electricity that connects, you know, our being, our soul, whatever, to the universe where all this shit that's supposed to be for us is going to flow through us and in doing that like it makes us magnetic we're putting out a signal to the kinds of people who are supposed to be in our lives we're getting clarity on what's for us the people who uh, find their way into our spaces the opportunities that find their way into our spaces like this stuff comes in when we're aligned and when we're honest with ourselves when we're honest with the world right so you being honest with yourself in the way that you are in the way it feels right for you even being on this podcast like yeah we have an alias but we're having a 100 percent like transparent honest communication and you have put yourself out there on all of your pages with what your intentions are with who you are you like shit i'm not the best looking dude i ain't the most interesting dude but here's who i am like this is me and people are drawn to that man and um i, I look at it like this like we're all holding up mirrors and when we interact with other people they see themselves in those mirror and the cleaner our mirror is the more of the other people we're able to see in our mirror so we're reflecting back to people like the cleanliness of our mirror we're giving people the freedom to see themselves wholly through us right and so the more self-aware we are the more aligned we are the clearer that mirror is so when people see themselves they might be like damn i'm a bad bitch i I like being around you what's up (laughs) like that's 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 how i envision this thing visually working and that's the case you know a lot of times we we lie to ourselves we are dishonest about our situations we try and finagle or finesse things in a way that conflicts with who we need to be and being honest with ourselves. So when that circuit is open, that electricity that's charging us, that's bringing the people around us and opportunities into our space and clarity, all of that, it can't happen because we're not connected.
1: Exactly. I mean, and keeping up the lie that you have about yourself, I mean, that that takes energy. Well, I, I know my folks would say, you know, they can't stand lies and thieves. You know, you tell one lie. And I tell another one to keep that one up, and I tell another one to keep that one up, and just so on and so forth and so forth, and guess what, it takes so much energy to just keep up with all the lies I remember at one point I, it was something that I was keeping from my ex-wife years ago, and I think it might have been the fact that I realized that I'm not monogamous, and, and honestly in in revealing to her that I'm just not monogamous or whatever um, and then she was like, yeah, I don't think I am too, and she was like, matter of fact, I don't I think I'm completely straight. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, and from that point, we we had like the happiest time together. We were swingers, but nobody could really bring anything to us to try to tell us about what the other person is doing. I mean, that's such a freeing thing. Like that's that's what I always looked at when it came to being um, open and ethical about being non-monogamous. Somebody tries to tell me what my current partner is doing. I'm like, I already know, it's okay. Well, we've already talked about this, you know, it's okay. Y'all just have y'all fun together. That's it, you know. I respect y'all relationship, uh, relationship if y'all decide to have one. But, yeah, keep that drama. I'm, I'm done with that. Like I, I try to avoid any type of drama that I don't have to deal with. If it's not a situation at work or at home, like a dire situation, if you're not sick, dead, or dying, I don't want to hear it. And I really don't want to hear it if you ain't paying my bills, if I'm not sleeping with you at night. If you're not somebody important in my life, I don't want to. And when you have that mindset, it really helps you not be as stressed about things anymore. There's a situation. It's going to get handled. I might can't handle it right now, but it's
0: going to get handled. Yeah, it's a matter of priorities. Like, you being honest with your partners, that transparency is, like, so freeing. Because you ain't got to lie. You ain't got to be... You're not drained from maintaining this persona of somebody that you're not. And when you finally get out of that situation or you are able to have that conversation with your partner and be like, hey, listen, I'm not getting everything I need. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. This is a me thing. I need this in my relationship. And you opening up to them gives them space to open up to you. And then, damn, y'all had the best relationship that y'all could have possibly had. Who knows how long y'all could have had that if y'all were honest up front. But at the same time, we're not always ready to immediately reveal things about ourselves and then other people aren't always ready to receive that so there may have had to just be some rapport built and anyone who might be facing a similar situation there's no better time than now to begin to really be honest with yourself so that you can be honest with other people and give them permission to be honest with themselves so that they can be honest with you god damn that was a mouthful (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of uh, like my background I've never seen a successful monogamous relationship like from growing up my parents weren't together from when I was born so I didn't even know this was a normal thing for two parents to be together until I got to probably high school and then I went over to like my buddy Steve house and it's his mom, his dad, it's him. I was like, damn, you live with both your parents? This is me in high school because even my friends, like they'd always have to ask their mama about something or uh, one of my best friends, his dad lived in another city and had a completely different job. But I mean, his parents were together, but they weren't, you know, in proximity. So For me, seeing uh, my grandparents' divorce, seeing how my dad didn't really seem happy in his marriage, and then my grandfather, who (laughs) I don't know how many times he's been divorced and remarried, but to me, just like seeing what the common theme was, was that everyone wasn't honest with themselves and their significant others about what they wanted and then cheating cheating was the thing in my mind at this point in time when i discovered this or when i started to reflect on it if you can eliminate cheating from a relationship the relationship will work but then like as i drilled deeper into that it was if you can be honest in a relationship then the relationship can work and i've never seen such transparency and communication and openness and honesty in relationships as i have with people who are ethically non-monogamous polyamorous and how they share calendars communicate and all of that
1: even still i mean my parents uh they were they were still together when i say it was a successful and happy marriage everybody has those times where they argue and they fight and yes I'm fairly certain. I never was able to confirm it, but I'm fairly certain there was some infidelity as well. Like My father, he had children from previous relationships. We weren't all in the same city. I think I only had one brother that really kept in touch with me on a regular basis. I never want to be that person to say, as being polyamorous, my relationships are better than monogamous ones or vice versa. There is no perfect relationship. There's no such thing. There's only relationships that are happier than others or, or work well with others or whatever it is that fulfills you. That's what matters, what it is to the people that are involved in those relationships. Um, <clears throat> now, is, is polyamory easy? Of course not. You're dealing with more people. <laughs> you got to be good at time management.
0: you project manager at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you make me feel like a project manager. So you got to get your schedule together. You got to schedule dates, quality time, vacations, whatever. So you have those things to deal with. So I would never say that polyamory is easier or non-monogamy is easier. Maybe relationship anarchists or or, uh, solo polyamors might say their situations are easier, maybe. But I still doubt they would say that, too. But yeah, you deal with way more personalities when it comes to polyamory. You got to remember... You know, if you're a person that follows the love languages, okay, this particular partner follows this type of love language, this one follows that one. Or it's better to approach a heated discussion this way with this partner or vice versa. So yeah, I'm not a believer that there's a perfect
0: relationship regardless of monogamy or non monogamy. So we can say that there are honest relationships and then there's dishonest relationships.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She- honest, genuine relationships and versus the versus the latter. Yeah.
0: We coming up on the end here, man. So, um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wanted to touch on?
1: I just probably make a statement to people because I know you mentioned that this is a suicide prevention thing and letting people know what it actually is when it comes to living with a incurable yeah, SCI. The only thing I have to say, and I, I often talk about this because of me disclosing publicly, people actually come to me and tell me, "Hey, I think I got this. I all the strong things like that." I always tell them, "You have to remember that this is not." The end. This is not the end of your personal life. This is not the end of your social life. I said, if you're not sure if you're a diagnosis at this point, wait to speak to the doctor. If they give you pushback as far as testing specifically for herpes, push back. Don't leave. Don't get off the phone. Whatever you need to do. So that way you can confirm. Because it is a scary at first to find out, but it is a relief to know in the long run. Because you know how to handle it. Find some type of support system if you need that, whether it's a family member or a friend. If you don't have that, I let them know that there are support groups out there, whether it be on Facebook or some other platform. And if they do mention some type of thing of suicide, there's the suicide hotline
0: to call. All right. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for coming on here and sharing this with Thank us. You. Uh, you've got some articles, blogs, pages, <laughs> anything like that that you want to give people so that they can follow and find you?
1: I'm the writer behind Anonymous H. is something I started, so online blog journal. I have that, so it's Anonymous H on Medium, and I also have an Instagram page, and I'm trying to get active there with that. Of course, I have my place in BDSM. I have, uh, I go by Jada Prince on most uh, platforms when it comes to anything in the BDSM and King community. As far as polyamory goes, if there is anyone in Alabama or even Mobile, for that matter, that are polyamorous, I have a uh, polyamorous group. We try to meet monthly, but this whole thing is going on now uh, with the Pandemic. Um, it's
0: called Maps, Mobile, Alabama, Poly Social. And one last thing, I have an actual BDSM group called COVID, co- uh, cognizance of Very erotic Taste. Oh, COVID yeah. with a with a T. I was like, this is a weird time to call something COVID. Uh, COVID, COVID. Yeah, COVID. It's a uh, cognizance of varying erotic
1: tastes. Got it. So, uh, have that available
0: for people in alabama that's in the bdsm and King. so that's a much group as well so yeah we'll link to yeah when we get off here you can just send me all of the links and um, i'll put it in the episode description if people want to follow but yeah thanks prince for your time and i appreciate it uh, this was a great discussion about everything so the biggest takeaway here for me is just like honesty honesty in relationships honesty with yourself yeah so that's what we got All right, that concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to, share this podcast. If you feel compelled to support us in any way outside of leaving us a review or sharing the podcast, you can go to the homepage of spfpp.org and scroll down just a little bit and you'll see a few different options for you to be able to donate to the nonprofit. What we're trying to do is get people therapy after their diagnosis, as mentioned, On the surface, this is a herpes resource, and we're teaching people to navigate stigma, but at its core, this isn't always will be a suicide prevention resource. Uh, People navigate these challenges in a way that their mental health is affected, and so we want to do what we can by supporting people as best we can uh, by helping them get mental support uh, in addition to the support groups and everything. So, till next time. Stay sex positive.